Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today for a conversation with Rachel Brenke. We discuss the idea of all the things. So what does this even mean? And why does it make me cringe sometimes? How do we define all the things? What is one thing we need to include within all of the things? What is a step that we can take to condense our schedules and much more? But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. As always, leaving those rating and reviews on iTunes is the best way you can continue to help the Minimalist Moms podcast succeed and grow. As for my minimalist moment of the week this week, I was scrolling through stories. Can you scroll through stories? I was I was flipping through stories. Whatever it is that we do with stories, I was going through stories, reading the Q&A section of Another Voice in the Minimalist Space. The question that this person was asked was, how can I stop the overflow of toys coming into my home? And I've answered this question before, but for some reason it just struck me this time. And I thought about it and the answer really isn't complicated, or at least it doesn't have to be. And the direct answer is you control what comes into your home. You may not be able to fully control what others are gifting to your family, but if you're truly wanting to pare down, no one is stopping you. And we never want to take away the opportunity of those that want to express their love to us through gifts. Uh, A thing that Joshua Becker says, he suggests steering others into what you'd like to receive in these instances. And of course, there's always going to be a relative or two that doesn't heed to your request. Hopefully those individuals will catch on over time. But I want to remind you that you are in control of your home. I know a lot of you are probably cringing at the authoritarian way that I suggest this, but I think for a lot of us, we don't want to admit that we have control over it because it may seem too overwhelming to us. And that's why I always suggest starting small and working your way through the home slowly but surely. So this is probably a big can of worms I just opened that I don't have time to go into. But I just wanted to encourage you, if you are one of those people asking the question, how do I stop the overflow? You are totally capable and no one is stopping you. That said, the one person that may be stopping you is your spouse. Check out episode 124, Simplifying When Your Spouse Isn't On Board, for tips and suggestions on how to navigate that. All right, let's get into this conversation with Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to you about finding time for all the things. So before we get into the conversation, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, um, tell me about your kiddos and what it is that you do. Oh, for sure. My name is Rachel Branke. I am a business strategist and intellectual property attorney. That's kind of the, (laughs) that's the elevator pitch title I use, but I'm a mom of five. My oldest is 16. My youngest is six. I compete with Team USA for triathlons and I've been married to my veteran husband for 17, almost 17 years now. And yeah, I just love working with small business owners on business strategy. I work with primarily moms. They just gravitate towards me because that's what I am. And that's what I do majority of the time and just helping them with entrepreneurship and trying, like you said, doing quote unquote, all the things. Yeah. And okay. I want to be, I want to be honest with you and I'm trying to be more 
just totally transparent when I do podcasting. So when I hear the term, all the things I don't, for some reason, I don't love it. I don't like that term, but also I don't know how to describe what it is that we're talking about because there is such a thing of everything is on my plate. So I guess, how do we define all the things? What does that look like for you? Yeah. You know, before I get into that, I agree with you because you know I get interviews like balance and I, even as we're talking, my stomach's kind of turning because it's so cliche. Moms have to balance. They got to do all the things. And I'm like, no, you know, but how do we really encapsulate what you and I are trying to get at? Right. And I feel like all the things is like you said, what's on our plate, but it's more than that. You know, it's recognizing and understanding what are the priority things that you need to do and realize at the end of the day, what gets done gets done and what doesn't, doesn't. So for me, when you say all the things, I actually look at it on a personal level and a business level. And I do this exercise I'm going to walk you through with my clients, with my family, with my team members that work for me. And we develop and identify what are called rocks. All right. So these are like big rocks, probably about the size of our fist is how I want you to visualize it. So like for me, that's spending time with family that includes like kids obligations of sports, athletics, academics, and all the things that we need to do, as well as things like my training for triathlons, traveling with my spouse, that sort of stuff. And then we want to consider everything else that we have to do, right? All the other things, all the obligations that we have to do, grocery shopping, laundry, work, blah, blah, blah. And that is what I call the sand. Then I want you to visualize like a glass vase. This really is like your time. It can represent your life. It can represent your schedule. So it's finite, right? We all have a finite, whether it's lifetime, any of that. And then, so what we want to do is we want to identify those rocks of our things, put them in the vase first. That's our important things that are grounding us. Those are our rocks of why we do what we do, personal or business. Then we want to pour in the sand into that vase. The reason we want to put the rocks in first is because to do quote unquote, all the things, which we've defined as these rocks, we have to put them into our schedule, our priority and our attention first, because if we took that vase, that glass vase, it was empty. We poured the sand in first, right? All these obligations and all this stuff that we have to do or feel like we have to do. And then we try to fit in these rocks. They're not going to fit into the vase. They're going to be trying to cram it in to the top. So to answer your question, like all the things sounds very broad, but focus it on what your rocks are. And then everything else is kind of all the other things that you have to do. And that should go around the rocks. I kind of relate all the things, the little, I put quotes around it as I put quotes around self-care. We need self-care, but I also hate calling everything. Like, Uh I don't know there for some reason, I guess I just, I don't love it, but you're right. Like we have to look at what are big rocks that we have to get done. And I'm wondering if there's something that's the same for all of us. Is there one thing that we all have to include within all these things? I mean, you kind of just said it, self-care, mm-hmm. which is another one that kind of makes me want to gag just because it's yeah. overused so much. <laughs> yeah. And I think as moms, though, we have a tendency and, and I have a real life experience with this, but we have a tendency to take things in our lives. And even though they may not be directly for the kids, directly for our partner, directly for the house, we attribute it to being self-care for us. You know, we see the jokes on like, Pinterest and Instagram of, you know, hanging out for 20 minutes in the Target parking lot, which is 
right before you're going to grocery shop being self-care. Now, for some people, that's the luxury they get. And trust me, I love having, after when I'm done with this, I'm going to go sit in the car pickup line and have like 20 minutes of nothing and just quiet. But I feel like we need to look at self-care more of what's actually going to feed our soul. I look at something like that as a break and not so much of what is really going to rejuvenate us or grow us as a person. I feel like that's really what self-care should be. So it's almost like we are um, interchanging the term self-care with maybe like a mind break or a physical break. And actually, I remember when I first got into entrepreneurship really early on, you know, I had been building my businesses and I had convinced myself that business was for me for so many years until I was quote unquote doing all the things and all the things were not just the rocks. It was the rocks and the sand and everything else that everyone wanted. And I just remember finally realizing because my business grew so much that it wasn't for me anymore. My clients wanted a piece of me. My um, my family needed the financial support. My team members that I employed, everyone had a piece of me. And so that's really when I started to understand that you know that definition of self care, where I really wish that us as a you know as a whole on social media and in communities, we could better fine tune the term self-care to really what is going to fulfill and grow us as a person and doesn't require a piece from anyone else. Yes. I do agree that if I am not healthy on that self-care level, that everything just does fall apart. Like it's absolutely something that we all do need. And it is going to look different for everyone. Some of us can be, I guess, rejuvenated with a little bit of time, but some of us need a lot more time because maybe we're more introverted. I I think it is going to look different for all people, but how do we make the time if we are people that need a little bit more time to be alone? How do you, how do you make time for all of the things? Yeah. So just going back to like the rocks and basin analogy, I know for me, and this was after, you know, after I came out the other side of realizing that business was not just for me and it really wasn't my self-care, I got into triathlons. And so having that physical output, that emotional and mental output, that time just for myself, I schedule that on my calendar. So that's one of my rocks that goes onto my personal and business calendar. And so that's why I said you can equate the vase to your whole life or very more practically to your schedule for the day. And so for me, you know, health is a really big one, especially being a cancer survivor. And I just, I schedule my workouts every morning and just that little bit more extra buffer time and really being intentional. Now I understand that may sound easy. You may be someone that's listening. You're like, Oh my goodness, I am drowning. I don't even have time for X, Y, and Z. There's a couple of things that I would recommend. One, I, we have a lot of lost time during the day. One of the exercises that I worked with my clients and I do this with myself all the time, especially if I start realizing that I'm like anxious or overwhelmed, or I feel like I'm not getting things done. I can keep thinking about the rocks, but I have to look practically what I'm doing all day. So I always say to carry around a piece of paper and you can use the notepad on your phone, but really write down what you're doing like every 15 minutes. And you're going to realize where a lot of your time is being sucked away. And I'm not saying for us to turn around and go make this like military style, schedule everything to the minute, don't have to do it that way. But if you're wanting to be able, you know, at the end of the day, so many of us as moms go, oh my gosh, where did the time go today? I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. 
if you're tracking your time, you may see areas where there is like a time suck, whether it's we're just mindlessly scrolling on Instagram, which is okay if you just need a brain break, right? But if you realize like it's over and beyond what it should be, and I'm raising my hand because I can get sucked into Instagram reels so easily, uh, but it's kind of like losing weight. You know, if we're not really tracking and we're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I did eat healthy today. And then you realize you ate like four candy bars out of the Halloween bag, right? So that's kind of what we want to do with our time in trying to... In, reallocate time, right? We're going to look where we're losing it so that we can try to reallocate it. Now, if you're someone, and again, this is all about seasons of life. And I think this is one big thing I want to impress, even though I feel like I'm giving these practical tips is your seasons of life are going to change. So my rocks are going to change. My time's going to change. So even I can sit here and tell you, yeah, yeah. You know, I schedule training every morning for myself to go work out, et cetera. There are certain seasons when things are just busier and I have to scale back on that. No matter how, you know, intentional I am about my time, tracking my time and figuring out what I'm doing, but the other side of it too. And I this is something that I have to say, I'm really proud of myself. And I don't know if it's pandemic inspired it, or if it's my age, or I'm just getting to a place now in my life that when I lay down at night, and maybe it's because I am so focused on rocks and scheduling and so forth and being in tune with like my own self and my family and my body. Uh, but I'm, I used to be so stressed out to the max, especially as a mom on the mom side of things, right. Of going to bed and being like, Oh my God, I didn't get a, B and C, D and F, G done. Ah, I got to get up. And I would lay there for hours and my mind would spin. I'm finally getting to the point that I'm like, you know, I prioritize my day with my rocks every morning. I look and see what absolutely has to be done. And what doesn't get done, doesn't get done at the end of the day. And I know that that is something that is easier said than done, but it's kind of a practice. If you're someone who just identify with what I just said and goes, oh man, I lay in bed at night or I have anxious moments too, just start retraining your brain to go, you know what? It's okay if you didn't throw in that extra load of laundry. It's okay if you didn't do X, Y, and Z. And after a while, you'll kind of help hardwire your brain to provide you a little bit more of that acceptance. So on the one side of this, you know, we've got the very kind of let's track our time, let's be intentional and all of that. But you can't have that with also without having grace for yourself if you don't get everything done. Because like we mentioned, all the things with air quotes is not, shouldn't really be all the things. Gosh, you said so many different things that I want to kind of bunny trail on. One thing that did stick out to me is you mentioned scrolling and it, it made me think about if I don't have it really prioritize what I need to be doing and what my biggest rocks are in my jar. I will just start procrastinating. It's like, I want to avoid the things. And then I waste time scrolling when really the self-care that I probably needed there as a part of all the things was really just getting outside and going on my walk. And then I would have been way more productive, gotten the things done. And then I would be able to kind of have more of that frivolous time. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, I think what's important is not to beat yourself up over it though. I think Mm -hmm. what I absolutely love, and this is going to sound like rose colored glasses, but it's new every day. So if you're not, you know, I'm all about finding, like I was saying about the whole, tell yourself, retrain your brain to give yourself like grace and acceptance if you don't get things done. But and you got, you have to consistently try to do something, but if something's not working, like, right. Like you just mentioned, maybe some people just need that zone out frivolous time and that's okay. So long as it doesn't go to the extreme, right. Cause you may be consistently trying to scale back, but then you may realize, no, I need that. That's my little escape. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you're vigilant to really understand how your body responds to 
all the things and what your definition of self-care is, right? It's like mm-hmm. you mentioned before, everyone's is different. And just making sure that that's balanced. Ugh, I hate that word, but mm-hmm. make sure it's it, it definitely is balanced off with what needs to be done. And, and you know, we're recording this in the fall. And I have a I feel like for me, I know as the days get shorter, I'm super sensitive to light. So mm-hmm. I have to up the ante right now on making sure I get outside, you know, and making sure that I get vitamin D and I'm drinking water and I'm eating right. Right, because I find my anxiety will tick up. But I also find this time of year, and I think a lot of it is consumer buying patterns. It's like a Pavlonian response, at least for me. We're all conditioned as we get into the fall, especially as moms getting into the holidays of you have to be the Pinterest mom. You've got to have the perfect house and all the decorations and all the stuff for the kids at school and the costumes and the teacher gifts and all the things. And I already had set myself up coming into this of just recognizing, okay, I feel the anxiety and the pressure ticking up and, you know, as Halloween came and I just had to tell myself, it's okay to scale back. You don't have to be the, all of that. And because I just remember the years and I love this topic because I hope that it can share with anyone else. But I remember the years that I wasn't so in tune with this and I didn't prepare myself going into this season. And I would spend from like October all the way through January, completely stressed to the max, which makes me ineffective person, ineffective spouse, ineffective mom. And probably was like a screaming and unhappy mom, just because I was so anxiety ridden of trying to provide all these quote unquote trappings and do quote unquote, all the things. And as I've gotten older, just being more intentional of, okay, this, you know, this is coming for me. And Mm -hmm. I have noticed to your point that I have been coping with that. You know, it sounds so easy. Go for a walk, do this and that. But I've noticed I have fallen into the pattern of frivolously scrolling just to avoid that feeling. And I think avoidance isn't always going to work. I do think we need our own escapes, but, and everyone's different. So I just share this to say, you know, just notice these patterns in your own behavior. We all have our own associations and patterns, and we just need to be mindful of that and see if is it positive or negative, right? So no, don't take away from this podcast, you know, listening. Oh my gosh, she said frivolous scrolling is bad. No, that's not what I meant earlier. I just mean you don't want to do it to the extreme and you want to recognize what is it in response to? Is it a positive or is it simply you just want 15, 20 minute escape? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I remember one night I was up until like 2 a.m. just flipping upwards, watching all these TikTok videos because it's it's really entertaining. It's really creative. Mm-hmm. And I love to see people using their own creativity that's not driven by Hollywood. I loved that it was just normal people. But I was so tired when I woke up and I was like, really, that wasn't what I needed last night. And I ended up deleting TikTok off my phone. And there are other ways that I can get that frivolous feeling without, mm-hmm. I think maybe sometimes it is trial and error, which I talk about a lot, but I think you can get that mindless, frivolous, like kind of fluffy entertainment feeling without feeling horrible about it. It's kind of like when you eat too much candy or too many sweets. A few of that is good, but then it's too much. But I don't think you're going to figure out what that threshold is until you experiment. If you grew up on frozen pizza rolls, you're going to love snow days. They've got all the same salty, tomatoey, gooey goodness with an ingredient list that reads more like a salad. Snow days only includes essential ingredients, no chemicals, no preservatives, no ingredients that you can't pronounce. All three of my kids gobble them up at lunchtime, which is really okay with me because I know that they're receiving a nutritious meal full of high quality organic ingredients. I'll be honest, there have been a handful of times I've even made them for myself as a late night snack. Just don't tell my kids. 
Snow Days comes in three flavors, classic cheese, veggie white, and sausage. Use the code MINIMALIST to save $15 off your first order at snowdays.com slash minimalist. That's snowdays.com slash minimalist. Hey, what's for dinner? Haven't we all been familiar with the daily dread that comes from someone uttering that common question? Instantly, the question turns into a clutter of tasks. Deciding on a recipe, combining all the ingredients to a shopping list, running to the store to shop only to frequently forget a key ingredient. And all this before the first pot hits the stove. Too many steps, too inefficient, and too much time spent on the least important things. But thanks to the new Quick Recipe Companion app, I have a not-so-secret ingredient for minimizing the task of planning and shopping for a home-cooked meal fast. Quick Recipe Companion is a mobile app that lets me quickly sort through my favorite cookbooks to find the recipes I want and then instantly combines the ingredients from all those recipes into one simple shopping list. Plan meals and make shopping lists with just a tap. Start spending more time enjoying home-cooked meals with family and friends and less time preparing for them. Download the Quick Recipe Companion app today for free on the App Store or Google Play. It's one app, one shopping list, all you need to get a home-cooked meal on the table fast. Now that's a recipe worth sharing. you're giving us these tools that we can use a lot of visualization exercises, but what is just one step that we can implement tomorrow or today moving forward to condense our schedule? You know, I just, again, you know, we, we keep saying all these buzzwords and then we're like, Oh, we don't like the public association with the word, but I really think it's intentionality. Again, you're going to be in different seasons of life, meaning whether it's your state physical stage of life, your age, or your life circumstances. But it's even within that, it's like, what are your kids doing? Are they in school? Are they home from pandemic for a year? Or, you know, all of that. And so for me, it's just really, I'm going to, I'm going to throw back to the rocks again. I think that's really, you know, I have used that analogy for so many years, but we really clung to the rocks during pandemic and really ever since then still trying to get our legs under us, you know, as the kids are assimilating back to school. So just, you know, if you have to wake up every day and have new little rocks, right? You got your big rocks that are overarching your life and everything, but just wake up every day and think about what are the three key things I need to do today? Everything else is gravy, right? But what are the three key things that I want to accomplish, whether it's personal or business, um, if you have a business or if it's kids, you know, and those are kind of the categories you want to look at is, you know, yourself, children, partner, if you have one. And then if you, whatever your career, if you have one as well, and just maybe pick one key thing out of that to accomplish because the shorter your to-do list, the less inundating. And the reality is we have so much stuff on our list that we don't have to do. Actually, I say that as I'm sitting here and there's laundry piles. I was sorting it before I got on here, like sitting around me. And mm-hmm. years ago, I would be so stressed out to the max. I can't podcast record without getting it done. It's just letting that go. That was not a rock for me today. It might be tomorrow. This was a rock, you know, doing this and being able to talk and touch to other people. So that would be me. If I had to scale back my schedule, I'd pick like one thing in each of those categories to accomplish for the day, do my best at that, that whatever time is left over, then I do it. No, that's great advice. And I love that you use the word intentionality because that's my whole goal with this show is to, obviously it's called the minimalist mom. So we're talking about minimalism, but within minimizing your things, you have to be intentional and you have to learn how to prioritize. So this does bleed into all areas and all facets of our, our day to day. So I like that you use that word and I don't know, it's, 
I'm trying to figure out why these words are not, I don't, I hate, I almost just said triggering and I don't want to use the word triggering either. That's another but, word that we can know. I'm just like all these like buzzwords. I think because sometimes people will talk about these things until they're blue in the face. And honestly, maybe you're just hearing it from the wrong person. And maybe I think that that's why there can be such a, a large base for so many people doing creative work because you and I having this conversation might hit someone in a different way and they may have heard it before, but you and I having this conversation hits them personally. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was, as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, the big question, like you just said, why are we feeling this way about these buzzwords? And I think it's because so many people are using them, but what is important is it's, it's not simplistic as that. We have to understand that I may go hop on Instagram after this and read someone Mm -hmm. talk about self-care. Mm -hmm. And the way that they perceive self-care and the way that I attach the definition of self-care can be completely different. And so, you know, you know, like you said, we serve a lot of different people, you know, we we have our own perspectives on the world differently. I love these topics. Don't get me wrong. That's why you and I are here doing this. You know, I just, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anyone else's definition of self-care. Do I think that there's a superficial tendency to utilize these words in a way that are not effective and helpful to people? Yes. Do I think that's everyone? No. So I think it, this is really where the personal responsibility is put on the receiver, on the reader, you know, or the viewer to take from it. Like you guys listening to the podcast now, you hear our definitions of self-care. You may attach something differently, but you could still use one of these, um, one of these tools that I provided in to help enhance your own definition, right? You know, there's no, there's never going to be one singular definition for any word, despite the dictionary and everything, everyone has their own associations and attachments, especially emotions to different words. And I think that's why it's kind of hard sometimes to have discussions and was also a positive of why we gravitate towards one another, you know, birds of feather flock together. So you're going to find oftentimes in your circle of mom friends, in your circle, maybe a family, which you don't really always get to choose your family, but those that you definitely get to choose to be around, you're going to align in intentionality, in minimalism, in, uh, in their attachment of different definitions to different words. I would say that the whole self-care movement that does feel more indulgent, it, it actually has the opposite effect. And sometimes we feel worse when we focus too much on ourselves, because it, think about how you feel when you do good things for someone, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think some of that, we could get really deep with this, but I think some of that can also, I mean, being a mother, you've got an element, element of selflessness within you for the most part. And, but I think even more than that, women, particularly moms have been conditioned through marketing messaging, through TV, through movies for years. I mean, even taking out like historical events, right? Just looking at the broad messaging that society places on mothers in general, that we're not supposed to. So even if we don't necessarily sit and go, oh, I feel shame for, Mm -hmm. you know, doing for myself today, there may be a subconscious correlation or attachment of that emotion to Mm -hmm. an action that you've done for yourself. You may not realize it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's just one example. I'm not saying you should feel shame by the way, I just, or guilt or anything. I just, I think that sometimes we have underlying emotions that are attached that lead to this sort of stuff, but I do agree with you. You know, I love to do for others, but at the same time, and it's taken me a long time and I still have to keep myself in check on this, whether it's for my family, if it's for, uh, outside, if it's in business, 
the phrase of you can't pour from an empty cup, right? At some point, you've got to fight through whatever emotions or feelings. Yeah, I may feel better going down and working at the homeless shelter than going for a walk for myself. But the reality is I can't go full speed doing all for everyone all the time. And even as we're talking, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm speaking cliches, but like you said earlier, there will be someone that listens to this. It will hit with them and they will realize, or maybe in a couple of years, they'll think back after they've listened to it and go, oh my goodness, that's what those ladies were talking about. Cause I was one of those hard-headed ones for so many years. People were saying, got to do for your others, got to do for others. And like I shared, I mean, do for self, I'm sorry, got to do for self in order to do for others. And like I shared earlier, I was convinced that business was for me, but it wasn't, it had evolved, but I was so blind. I had the blinders on. And I think a lot of that had to do with like that underlying emotional attachment. I mean, we can get so super deep on this, but I guess my, you know, kind of the theme of this and of your whole podcast is intentionality and, you know, with minimalism, but the intentionality aspect is not just how you live. It's also recognizing, understanding why you respond to certain things in certain environments, whether it's this message of self-care. And so actually, even after this conversation with you, I want to, I've noted down as we've been talking, why do I feel such kind of a um, icky stomach reaction to some of these buzzwords? Like, what is it? Is there a purpose? And am I supposed to investigate this to talk about it more? What's the reasoning? And I'm interested to dig into that now. Well, Rachel, thanks for going a little bit deeper with me today. I really do appreciate it. And I think you have some great visualization tips that you gave. And I want to know where people can find you and find out more from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am Rachel Branke on all social media as well as rachelbranke.com. I do all my own socials. So if you guys reach out with any questions, any feedback, just just do it. It'll be me on the other end. You won't get some random um, team member. And I'm just, I really want to, you know, and I'm so happy. Thank you for having me on this because these topics, as you can see, I get excited about it because it's so important. Being a mom is one of like the best things ever. It is such an important role, but with it comes its own host of, ish- of uh, you know, troubles, issues, and just hardships. And so I want to be there to try to help. I haven't learned all the things, but I love to share anything that we talked about today or anything else you guys want to know. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? Purging clothes, purging clothes. Is it just because we're going into a new season? I think part of that is I'm bringing out the winter clothes, trying to trade out, you know, the summer clothes. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. But we just have so much. Um, and we also just redid floors and we had to move everything. And I was like, you know what, now's a perfect time to get rid of clothes that we haven't touched in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm finally purging baby clothes that I was feeling sentimental about. And I'm like, I think that once you, when you start decluttering clothes and then it's too hard to to do it right then I always give it like a month or two. And then I feel less attachment to Mm -hmm. it than the first time. It's really cool that way, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I have a tendency. I wear a lot of the same colors. So Mm -hmm. I'm going through and I'm like, Oh, you have 14 of like the same black (laughs) shirt. What is going on here? These have got to (laughs) go. That's hilarious. All right. Well, my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? this, all the things that we talked about today, um, Mm -hmm. just because whether you're in entrepreneurship, like I do, uh, you know, just being a mom and trying to do everything, quote unquote, all the things, um, I love talking about coping strategies, the chips and tools that you can use much like we shared today. And if anything else, I also like crime podcasts. So if you want to chat about that, I'm your girl. (laughs) 
I am not a true crime fan. My cousin is obsessed and she constantly tries to get me into it, but I'm just, I'm not there. Yeah. You either you're in it or you're not like my husband totally is not into it. So when we listen, he's like, really, but I don't know. I enjoy, well, coming from a legal background, I really enjoy like the investigative approach. Yeah. And everything that goes into that. And I'm also a big fan of victims advocacy. And Mm -hmm. so I always like, I prefer the podcast that focus more on victim story and the justice and the advocacy for that than just like the morbid details. Do you have a good podcast rec? I love Sinisterhood, um, okay. two gals out of Texas. I also enjoy Morbid and two gals out of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, Sinisterhood does a lot more on like the legal analysis mm-hmm. and the victim's advocacy. Okay. Oh, no, I, I like that you listen from that point. I think she listens to Crime Junkies. Isn't that like the really popular Oh, one? yeah. Mm-hmm. I like them too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll be sure to include all that in the show notes. But again, Rachel, I appreciate your conversation with me today. And I agree with you. I love talking to women about all these various subjects. And I think that we can grow, even if it's just little snippets we take from here and there. I think it's fun to just see how we grow listening. So I appreciate you being here with me today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. What did you think of the episode? Did you like that we had more of a flowy conversation as opposed to hitting different talking points throughout? I'm very curious to know your thoughts on that. Secondly, I would love to know if you also feel the same way about some of these phrases that we use in our culture today. And lastly, is there something within all of the things that you could reevaluate in the upcoming week? I'd love to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com and there you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.